Good morning. How are we going, Damien? All right, very good. Hey, before I uh, read from the scripture, I want to ask you just a couple of questions just to think about. What does it mean when I say I believe? What does it mean when I say I have faith? What does it mean when I say I am faithful? Ponder on those three questions as we look into uh, this passage this morning. Uh, We're starting a a new series. Pastor Gary wants to talk about faith. I got that right. Yes. (laughs) And to kick it off, I'm going to start us off in James. James chapter 2 is going to be my launching pad, but then I'm going to go look at some of, a few other verses in James and see what James teaches us about faith. James chapter 2, verse 14, 26. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith and don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith and you believe that there is one God? Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that your ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and it was counted him as righteousness because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. You see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away in a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Father, we acknowledge you as a good God, a faithful God, and we ask this morning through your spirit that you would come and speak to us, show us lessons of faith from your word in the letter of James. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. There's this story of a French tightwalker. Some of you may have heard tightrope walker. Charles Blondin. On June 30, 1859, he is known for crossing the Niagara Falls on a tightrope. People came out to see him. It was a huge, big event, and he decided to do it again. So on August 
17, 1859. He's there going, okay, I'll walk the tightrope. And he does it. And he turns to the crowd and goes, do you believe I can do it with someone on my back? And the crowds are going, yes, yes, you can do it. Yeah, you're amazing. Do you believe I can do it? Yes, yes, you can do it. You're amazing. Who will get on my back? <laughs> Everyone's hiding. Mums are covering their kids' mouths. Husbands are hiding behind their wives. But a man named Harry Colcord, who happened to be London's manager, stepped forward and said, I will. And it's recorded on that day, Blondin carried Harry on his back on a tightrope across the Niagara Falls. Many in that crowd said they believed. I believe, I believe, I believe. I want to suggest to you that only one believed that day. And that was Harry. He believed. He had faith in Blondin. He was faithful with his actions in following through what he believed. The word translated faith in the Bible is the Greek word pistos. And it's translated often as believe, faithful, faithfulness. It can also be interpreted as trust and has some relationship to the idea of obedience. The word faith is often related to trust in a man or gods, not in a thing. In other words, we don't say, I trust the aeroplane. We would say, I trust, uh, I, I trust the pilot. Originally, the word group denoted conduct. Conduct. This is the word faith. Denoted conduct conduct that honoured an agreement or bond. Today, when we talk about the word faith, when we use the word faith or the word believe, it's often in context of a belief of doctrines, some teachings, some ideas, narrowed down to what I think. This is our Western idea of faith. It's to do with what's in my head. Much the same as the, the concept I would suggest that James was addressing in chapter 2. You say you'll have faith, well, good on you. Well done. So do the demons. For me, faith in the Bible, which is belief, faithful, faithfulness, trust, obedience, which connects all that, should be better translated for our understanding as faithful or faithfulness. I asked at the beginning, what does it mean when I say I believe? Perhaps you were thinking like I think, that this is something up in my head, that, oh, yeah, I believe this. And when I asked what, what does it mean to have faith, perhaps you went, oh, it's, it's a stronger belief, but a bit more of a conviction, a feeling, but it's, it's still a, a belief, a belief in my heart. And when I asked, what do you... What are you thinking when I say, or what does it mean when I say I'm faithful? Perhaps you thought of someone who is always here Sunday, sitting down, regularly turning up on time, always in attendance, faithfully here. 
It's the same word in the Bible. Faith in the Bible is holistic. Faith is believing with our head. Having a faith-filled heart, that conviction inside of us. Faith is being faithful with our hands. It's holistic. You can't say you believe and not do something. That faith is incomplete. If we believe, we'll be faithful. If we believe and have faith in our heart, that conviction, we will do what we say we will do. This is the faith I believe in Scripture. And this is the faith that James is trying to address as he writes this letter. The word faith in this letter is used 16 times and 11 of them in that chapter that I just read right there. There's five other references. And I want to look at those five other references in the letter of James this morning to help us understand a little bit about what James is saying about this faith, this biblical faith, faithfulness, a holistic faith. James chapter 1, verse 3. For you know when your faith or faithfulness, remember it's the same word. I'm not changing anything. In the original Greek language, it is the same word. You know when your faithfulness is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Faith is described in this passage as positive and a successful faith. Faithfulness is a faith that when tested produces endurance, perseverance. This testing sometimes comes along to entice us away from where we're heading or to make us do something that is not what we really believe to change our behavior for the worse. This word testing has often been used also in referred to a, a, a furnace for smelting metal, for purifying silver or gold. And I like the analogy, uh, Francis Chan, in uh, his, his Bible study on Uversion, Uversion is a great app just to help you be accountable and doing regular reading. Uh, it's actually cool, you know, you can connect with people and you see them and you go, oh, cool, you know, Look what Christy, I see Christiane's on there, Pastor Gary's on there. Look what they've been reading. Oh, that's cool. I might check that out. And uh, then they, they go, oh, wow, that's a good highlight, Dean. Oh, awesome. Thanks. <laughs> but it's just, a, it's just a great little tool I use just to help me just keep, keep reading through. In fact, I can even press play and it reads to me, so I don't even have to read. It's great. <laughs> but uh, there's the one there, Francis Chan, he talks about this aspect of uh, testing that it would burn away the impurities, becoming so pure that you can see your reflection in it. Similarly, as God tests us and we go through the heat, we reflect his nature more. I, I like that. This faith is faithful through testing. It takes faithfulness to endure, to continue, to persevere. You know, we're very familiar with Hebrews 11. The great hall of faith, the champions of faith. You know, we'd know about Abel, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Gideon, Samson, David, all these great men and women of faith. But often we don't go as far as verse 35. Still in the hall of faith, these are champions of faith. Let me read for you verse 35 of chapter 11 of Hebrews. But others... 
were tortures, tortured, tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half and others were killed with the sword. Some went uh, about wearing skins of sheep and goats, desolate and oppressed and mistreated. They were not good for this world, wandering over the deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faithfulness. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach per perfection without us. These champions faced troubles, testing, persecution. Their faithfulness was tested and they endured. They are champions, just the same as the others that we read. They stood the test. This passage tells us that biblical faith, faithfulness, stands the test. You might be facing a test this morning. I want to encourage you, just as James talks about, this is what true faith is. Continue strong. Continue strong. It might be hard. It might be challenging. We've just read of some extreme circumstances of people who the Bible declares as champions in the faith, but they continued strong. They stayed firm. They endured. This is faith. They believed in their head. They had strong conviction in their heart and they remained faithful with their actions, in their, with their hands. Does your faithfulness endure? Continue strong. No matter what you're facing, let your faith keep you on the right track this morning. James 1 verse 6, a few verses on. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith, faithfulness, is in God alone. Do not waver or have no doubt. For a person with divided loyalties is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. First, biblical faith. Faithfulness is in God. That's our place for faith. Not in other things. Not the things of the world. Not in money. Not in our houses. Not in our jobs. Our faithfulness is in God, in Him alone. Once we've got our direction right, once we know where our faith is, then it says here that our faith is to be without wavering. Have no doubt. This is compared to uh, where Jesus says this in Mark 11, 22-23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Have faithfulness. In God, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, you may be lifted up and thrown in the sea, but, and it will happen. But you must really believe, you must really be faithful. It will happen and have no doubt in your heart. To receive from God, we must have faith. We must be faithful and not waver, not have doubt. This doubt here is in reference to the doubt in the character of who God is. When he says he will do something, he will do it.
We're not to be like the sea that gets tossed and waved around by the wind. You know, oh, this way, then the wind blows us this way. Oh, God said this. Oh, no, he didn't. That, did, that door shut. No, God said this. Oh, back this way. We're not to be like that. That's doubt. That's wavering. We're to trust in God. Not waver like Harry Colcourt. The crowd, yes, we believe, we believe. The wind blows. No. Harry stayed. He didn't waver. This is true biblical faith. James uses the story of Abraham with Isaac. Abraham didn't waver. I've got a feeling he may have struggled. I've got a feeling there may have been questions as he was walking with his son to that mountain. But Abraham knew he had a conviction. He didn't waver. He goes, God will provide. God will provide. But as I look at Abraham too, as a model of faith, I look at his whole life. He didn't always seem to get it right. And here he is as a model of faith. I mean, he lied about his wife twice to save his life. This is Abraham, the man of faith. He, he, it appears he didn't trust God in that situation. He was promised descendants. And he wavered a little bit in that, thinking it was going to go to his servant, Eliezer. But then he's going, no, nah, it's going to be someone of your own blood. He's going, well, all right, well, I'll take it in my own hands. Marries Hagar. Starts another family. But that wasn't God's promise. He was given a promise. He didn't doubt. But perhaps he didn't go the right way initially. But God still came through. God still came through. Abraham is signified here as a man of faith who did not doubt. And today we stand here, as Paul declares in Galatians, we are the children of Abraham, those who come into God, knowing God through Christ. Perhaps some of you have been promised something in the past. God has spoken a word in your life, and already this morning, this has been, Pastor Gary has already alluded to this idea for some of you this morning. You need to grab hold of that word that God has spoken and not doubt. Perhaps you've been trying to achieve it in your own way. You need to let go. Let go and let God be God and let Him lead the situation. And don't doubt. Don't waver. God is in control. James chapter 2, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith or faithfulness in our Lord, glorious Lord Jesus Christ, if you favor some people over others? This faith here is one where, where there's no favoritism. Everyone is equal in God's family. Yet further on in verse 2 and 4, he, he gives the illustration of a poor person coming into the community and a rich person. 
and how the poor person was kind of shunned. Oh, just over on the side there. But the rich person was given the place of honour. He's going, that's, that's not God's way. In fact, he calls this sin. James was concerned about equality. In fact, he even says in chapter 1, verse 27, pure religion and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. James was concerned about looking after the poor, the least of those in the community, the widows, the orphans. I mean, even Jesus gave special attention to the children, which in that time was revolutionary. Biblical faith, faithfulness does not show favoritism. Faithfulness denotes a conduct of caring for those in need. I know this church cares for those in need. And I love that I belong to a church where they care for others. And I want to encourage you this morning, how is your faithfulness? Do you treat all people equally? A few verses on, chapter 5, sorry, verse 5 of chapter 2. Again, the word faith is used by James. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich In faith, rich in faithfulness, aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom as promised to those who love him? Now, James declares those that are rich in faithfulness are the very poor that seems to be mistreated in this situation. Now, I'm not saying here that he's saying that we need to be poor to be rich in faith, but rather the poor represent People whose only hope is to trust in God. This is all they've got. I've got nothing else. I'm poor. Only you, God. You will be rich in faithfulness. You will be rich in faith. Your only hope is God. It's not about selling everything you have. I mean, if that's what God calls you to do, go for it. But it's, it's not about that. It's rather positioning yourself in a place where you go, God, you're my only hope. You're my only hope. That's this faith that James is talking about. The last verse. James Chapter 5, verse 15. Such a prayer offered in faith, offered in faithfulness, will heal the sick. And the Lord will make you well. And you have committed any sins. If you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. James concludes this letter with a bold statement. A prayer offered in faithfulness will heal the sick. Whatever this prayer offered in faith means, the outcome is that prayer will be answered. Now, the best exclamation I get as to what this prayer is, is come back to chapter 1, verse 5 and 8, where 
Faith is asked without doubt. Faith is without waver. Perhaps that is a prayer of faithfulness. You know, the promise of healing for the sick offers a much needed corrective for those of us who have trouble praying boldly. For we fear and even assume that God will not do what we ask of him. You know, I don't know about you, but I sometimes fall in that category. You know, I've prayed in the past and my prayers haven't been answered. And I know there's people here in this congregation who have prayed prayers for loved ones and they haven't been answered. I can't answer why that happened. Except as we read about those champions of faith in Hebrews 11, that God had something better. God has something better. That's all I can offer. Well, except for his peace as well. And that's better than anything else. <laughs> but because of this issue of, I've, I haven't had prayers answered all the time. I sometimes get to a place and I go, well, d- 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 my prayer won't really work. Or even, you know, it's just a cold. I'll, I'll, I'll get better in a couple of days. I need to let that go aside. Because here, what James is telling us is that if we pray, God will answer. We need to believe, we need to pray as if God will answer. It's up to him whether he answers or not. Because it's nothing I do, it's nothing I can do. Nothing you or I can do. The only thing we can do is to believe in our head, have that conviction in our heart, that faith in our heart, and be faithful with our hands and say, you see, God, let's pray. God said he heal. Let's pray. Offer a prayer of faithfulness and God will heal. Now, this doesn't mean we get to use God like a vending machine. You know, remember, God chooses how and who he'll heal. I mean, even Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8 to 10. Three times I begged you, Lord, to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses, says Paul, so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. It's not our job to make assumptions whether God will heal or not. Rather, we must pray boldly a prayer of faith, knowing that he is the God who says he will answer. He hears us and Heals his people. How's your faith this morning? Biblical faith, I say, is faithful. Here's a a little exercise you can try at home. As you read your scripture, when you come across the word faith, in our English translation, why not just read it as if you're reading faithful? 
See how that impacts the way you read that verse and that passage at that time. Hebrews 11, it was by faithfulness, Abel, Abraham, Moses, Samson. It was by their faithfulness we read about them today. Biblical faith is faithful. It's believing in our head. It's having a faith-filled heart. Faithful hands. It's holistic. It's all of us. Without one of those aspects, this faith is incomplete. This is the faith James teaches. For James, as I believe for the whole Bible, faith without works is dead. It's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is faithful. The faith that James was addressing with the opponents is that faith, I believe, is how we understand it today in our Western world. Just that mental thought, that idea up here in my head. Well, good on you. So the demons believe. And yet, you know what James says there? And yet they tremble. Even in their belief, they tremble at the truth, the conviction, the realization of who God is, how great he is, how powerful he is, how mighty he is, and what he can do in and through his people on earth in creation today. Biblical faith includes works. That's faithfulness, faithful hands. Biblical faith is conduct that honours an agreement. What you say, feel and do are all aligned. Our head, heart and hands. If you say you have faith in Christ, then you will be faithful through times of testing. If you have faith, then you will be faithful in God and not waver and not doubt. If you have faith, you'll be faithful and not show favoritism. If you have faith, then you'll be faithful and position yourself so that God is your only hope. If you have faith, then you'll be faithful and pray expecting God to answer. This is the faith the Bible talks about. This is the faith we need to live by. This is the faith Jesus calls us to live by. This morning, I don't know everyone here, know most people, but maybe there's someone here who doesn't know Jesus yet. You haven't made a decision to say, hey, listen, I'm going to follow Jesus and live a life of faithfulness. Maybe today is the day where you can make that decision, wherever you are. Believe in Jesus. Have faith in Jesus. Repent from your sin. Turn away. That's what repent means. Just You've been going this way your own way. Now I'm going to turn around and walk towards Jesus. Believe. Repent. And accept Jesus. Leader is your life. Say, as I turn around, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. 
You're going to be leader in my life, my Lord, my Savior. I want to do what you want me to do. Right now, I'd just like to ask if people could close your eyes, head bowed. If there's anyone here this morning, you haven't accepted Jesus. You haven't made that decision, a decision of faith, a decision of faithfulness to follow Jesus. This morning, I invite you. Is there anyone here this morning? Would you just acknowledge that before us here, where everyone's eyes closed, just lift up your hands so I can see you this morning. I do want to speak to the rest of us. How's your faith this morning? How's your faith? Do you need your faith to be strengthened this morning? Do you need the Holy Spirit to give you a bit of uh, extra faith? Maybe you're testing in through some testing and trial situation and you just need some encouragement this morning. We're going to open up this altar shortly and allow you just to come and stand before and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Perhaps you're in a situation where you found yourself doubting. Perhaps you were given a promise many years ago and you've tried to do it your way or you've started to doubt to go, maybe that's not it. This morning, allow real faith debirthed again, ignited again, and not doubt God's promises spoken over your life. Or perhaps you need to uh, reevaluate some of the ways you've been treating people. Faith doesn't show favoritism. Lastly, the prayer of faithfulness. Perhaps you need some healing. Well, this morning, why don't you allow some people, some people who will pray a prayer of faithfulness, a prayer of faith, and believe with you this morning to say, you know what, we're going to pray of faith and let God be God and answer, and you will be healed. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. Firstly, I thank you that you are faithful. And in your faithfulness, you teach us to be men and women of faith. That is, men and women of faithfulness. And Lord, as we finish this morning, close this morning, I ask that you would just come down and touch afresh those that need that this morning. Let your faith rise in individuals and may they leave here as faith-filled, believing in their head, faith-filled hearts, convicted in their heart and faithful hands ready to do everything you've called us to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Why don't you stand up this morning?